0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. All right, you ready to get into the Word of God today? Come on, the Word of God changes us. We don't come to hear a man speak. We come to hear God speak, and he speaks in his word. Uh, If you're new to Authentic Church, welcome. Uh, My name is Jeff Peterson. My wife and I, uh, we're honored to be the lead pastors here. And the vision of Authentic Church is simple. Our vision is that this would be a place where people would encounter God That they would discover community and that they would be raised up to fulfill the call of God on their lives. As a pastor, as a spiritual leader, if you will, our job is to really equip the body for the work of the ministry. Church is designed for you as a believer to equip you to reach the lost and the unbelievers. So it's we center all of our services around encountering God, first and foremost, and then equipping the saints. And so we, our, our prayer is that when we gather, that you're feeling encouraged, uh, that you're feeling equipped for sharing the love of, of Jesus and sharing the gospel with those outside of this room. Um... One of the things that we're doing in this month is we have uh, our, our annual legacy series that we do. And uh, after service in the back and at the connect table, you'll have a legacy guide that you'll be handed. The legacy guide in, in it, it shares what we call lanes of legacy. So let me unpack this, if this might be new for you. So every year at this time... We do a legacy series, and it's a bit of a recalibration, if you will, uh, because there's this gravitational pull that we all have, myself included, that uh, I just focus on my favorite three people in the world: me, myself, and I. So we all have this gravitational pull to just focus on our own, our own desires. But what if we could kind of put that idea on its head, and we could purpose to live our lives? for increasing God's kingdom and not our own. And so the Legacy series really is kind of a moment to recalibrate, and we do it every year at the end of the year, and it leads into our Legacy offering that we do. That offering helps to accelerate the vision that God has given us. So every year, we begin the year with the word of the Lord, the, the, the word that we feel like God has given us for the year. And the year for, uh, or for the word of the Lord for 2023 was the word foundations, building unshakable faith. And so we've been leaning into that. We've been teaching the doctrine of God. We've been going through the doctrine of atonement, the doctrine of the Trinity, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And we've been unpacking that over the course of the last 12 months. And as we lead up into this year, we have the word of the Lord ready for next year that God has given to us. And part of the word of the Lord for next year is going to be through the vehicle of the lanes of legacy, if that makes sense. So the lanes of legacy is really the vehicle that helps to fund the vision. And uh, at Authentic Church, if if you've noticed, we only do an offering three times a year. uh, So we don't... Past the proverbial buckets per se on a Sunday morning. You guys are faithful with your tithe and and uh, and which is awesome. That takes care of the needs of the church where the offerings help to accelerate the vision. And so this offering, the legacy offering, is the last of the three offerings that we do every single year. And that's in accordance with the scriptures in Deuteronomy chapter 16. said three times a year the leaders of the house, the head of the house would come and they would present themselves before the Lord. And every time they did, they brought an offering that was above and beyond their tithe. So at Authentic Church, we do likewise. And so we do this in these lanes of legacy. And I just want to share, so every week we're unpacking a different lane of legacy. And the three lane of legacies that we have is the Hope Project, the New Believers Box, And expansion. And this is all laid out in the legacy guide that you'll get at the end of service, uh, either in the back or at the Connect table. But there's the Hope Project, the New Believers Box, and the expansion. The Hope Project, we talked about last week with the bracelets, the Hope Bracelets, which is essentially like a, a modern day track that you would hand somebody to lead them to the Lord. But it would just be a bracelet that says Hope, and it would have a QR code on it. And the person you give it to, They would scan that code and they'd go to a video and that video would basically be a video track, if you will, sharing the gospel with that person and hopefully walking them into a relationship with Jesus. And then once they come into a relationship with Jesus, or even if they don't, but they have questions, our goal is that they would then come into the house of God that they would encounter God, that they would discover community and that they'd receive the word of Christ and that they would have a relationship with Jesus. Now, when they come into a relationship with Jesus, that is the biggest moment of their life. There's 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 the day you were born and then there's the day you're born again. Every time that we have a baby and some of you have had babies, some of you have your babies in service today. Every time that we had a baby, we had a big baby shower and people showered us with gifts, right? Well, in Christianity, we feel that the most important Decision you'll make the most important birthday you'll ever have is the day when you're born again into the family of God. So we decided, you know what, we want to make a bigger deal of it than we have in the past. So we have this idea of what we call the new believers box. And so the new believers box, rather than just saying, hey, welcome to the church and getting their information and getting them into a class. Our goal is that we would begin to equip them right then and there on a Sunday morning, when they accept Christ, we would have the these black boxes, these New Believers boxes, and inside the box, there would be a high-quality study Bible, not like the cheap $2 Bible, uh, but you would get a high-quality study Bible. You'd get Bible pens in there, get a little bit of swag, some authentic stuff, et cetera. And then you would actually have a New Believers guidebook that we're creating that just goes through, and it's, it's, uh, I would call it the FAQs of Christianity, right? The frequently asked questions. So I've accepted Christ, now what? But basic. I able to be understood from junior high, high schoolers, and on up, but just lays out the basics of the Christian life, Christian faith, et cetera. And with the New Believers Guidebook, there'll be a QR code that you could scan, and there would be videos where we would walk you through some of the principles outlined in the guide. So it all kind of goes together. That way, whether they're in church every single Sunday or just two to three Sundays a month, immediately after they receive Christ and they're given the New Believers box, they can go home. I and even though we're still getting to know them and sometimes they may not feel comfortable saying I'm a new believer I want to jump into a new believers class they can at least take that home and begin to start that journey of becoming a disciple of Christ so our goal is to we, you know we, we want to give 500 of those boxes away um, the the you know we, we looked at the overall price for that project and that size and uh, and so our goal is that we would give 500 of those boxes away uh, sometime in in the new year so um, those are some different lanes of legacy. So the Hope Project, we want to give 5,000 of those bracelets away. The New Believers Box, we want to give 500 of of those boxes away. And I know it's stretching uh, when you think about adding 500 new babies to a family. That's stretching for any pastor, but I think that's exciting. And I really believe that that's what God is calling us to reach for into the new year. Uh, That this place is too small to hold us. That there's too many open seats next to us this morning. That we want to see those seats filled with people that are going to come in and encounter God in Jesus' name. Amen? So that's the lanes of legacy. So, uh, and all we ask it, and the reason we tell you this up front is we just want you to pray about it. You know, if, if you call this place home and I'm your pastor, all I ask is that you would simply just pray, go before the Lord and say, all right, Lord, here's these lanes of legacy that the church is talking about, these lanes of legacy. Lord, what would you have me give? In what area would you have me give it to me? I'm gonna take off my Apple Watch because Siri is getting confused and she thinks I'm trying to give her directions and I'm not. So anyways, I don't know how to silence that. Somebody techie in here probably does. But So all we ask is just pray about it. That's it. When we all pray and we just obey whatever the Holy Spirit tells us to do, Every need is taken care of. And we tell you this up front because Isaiah 32 verse 8 reminds us, generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. And, you know, giving gifts is fun. Like, you know, I don't know how many of you went uh, uh, shopping on Black Friday. Did anybody get out there and brave the elements and the people? You did. I, I did too. I, I, I more so went Black Friday looking, not shopping. So I just watched and looked and watched everybody else spend their money at South Coast Plaza, and uh, it was a visual feast, a treat for the eyes, and uh, and then I came home with my, my wallet still attached, and all my money still in my account, you know. But some of you, you went shopping, and you braved it, man, and you earned your stripes. You know, I remember when our kids were little, we had the great idea. That was back you know, when our kids were little, Black Friday shopping was only on Black Friday, right? Like now it's like Halloween's done, it's Black Friday shopping. Like, you know, like immediately they're like, forget it, we just want you to come spend your money here before you go to Walmart, right? Everybody wants you to spend their money. And so all these people go out, but man, if you could get your shopping done and the wrapping done within the first week of December, that was like gold star as a parent. We never... We never hit that, I don't know that we ever will, but um, life is pretty busy around the holiday time for us. So, um, So giving gifts, so God loves to give his children gifts too. God loves giving gifts to his children, and one of the ways that God gives gifts to his children is through answered prayers. We might call them blessings, and a lot of times they're answers to prayers that you've prayed. In fact, I would say everybody sitting in this room is an answer to somebody's prayer. Like even if we don't know you, we had prayed for you. I remember early on when we planted Authentic Church just three years ago, uh, we didn't know anybody in this area. We moved our family from Texas to California that year. We were the only family to do that, I'm pretty sure. Um, and we moved our family here and we didn't know anybody. And we began to get to know people. And we remember I remember going around and praying throughout my house, praying that my house would be filled with people. I remember praying in different buildings. In fact, I remember the world was shut down because it was the middle of COVID, which was nuts. And so we, we would walk on this campus, Because a buddy of mine went to school here. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go pray over that campus. There's no kids. There's no teachers. It was a ghost town here. And we would walk and we would pray over this area. And then lo and behold, you know, a few years into this, God blessed us with the opportunity to meet here in this building. I think that's pretty cool. God loves to bless his kids. He loves to answer prayers. And the title of my message today is Building a Legacy of Answered Prayers. God wants to build a legacy in your life of answered prayers. Let's pray, and then we're gonna dive into the word of God today. Uh, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your word that it's life to us. God, we wanna be changed and transformed today. We came hungry. We came hungry to encounter you and to encounter you through your word. So we ask you, God, to speak. God, nobody came to hear a man speak, but we all came to hear you speak So we ask you to speak. I pray that you would move Holy Spirit through the entire church building today. Touch every person. God, that every person here would receive a word from the Lord for their life, for their situation. God, I thank you that nothing is too big for you. Nothing is too great that you can't step in. There's nobody too far gone that you can't save. There's no disease or sickness that's too destructive that you can't heal. There's no situation that is too hopeless that the God of hope can't come and fill and change and course correct that situation. And so, Lord, we ask you to come and fill our time together. Breathe on your word and that the soils of our hearts would be prepared to receive everything for which you want to plant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, I just want to say this, you know, you might be in this room today and you might be in the middle of an attack. I, I know this to be true in living for Christ. You're either in an attack, coming out of attack, or about to go into an attack. And sometimes you just need to be reminded of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. That he's got a plan for your life, that there's purpose for whatever you might be going through, that he's going to turn that around and he's actually going to use it for your good. It doesn't It doesn't mean that what is happening is good, but he promises that he'll actually use that for good, that he can turn that situation around. And a good reminder for us as we talk about legacy is found in Luke 12 31. It says this, he will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. And, and you know, when, everywhere Jesus went, it was like an explosion happened. And he preached a simple message that we hear and we read about. In fact, if you sat down this afternoon and read all the words of Jesus, the the words in red in your Bible, it would only take you about an hour or so. Like that. that's about it. But then there's all these side conversations that happen and healings that happen, and you just think of the ripple effect of one person's healing, the ripple effect of one person's breakthrough, the the ripple effect of one person coming to know Jesus. That ripple effect is what we call a legacy, you and I are living a legacy. It's not just something you leave behind. It's something you're building and living today. And so I wanna share with you some keys to seeing answers to your prayers. And maybe you're here today and it's like, man, I've been praying about this, that, and the other, but you just feel like, my, I don't feel like my prayers are hitting the mark or I've been praying this and I haven't seen breakthrough. I wanna give you some biblical keys to seeing answered prayers. And I'm gonna share some cool testimonies of answered prayers together today this morning. And the first thing that I want to bring up is the first thing you do in building a legacy of answered prayers. I want to encourage you pray in the spirit and worship. So no matter what may be going on in your world when you face a challenge rather than you know throwing up disgust or frustrating or feeling frustrated or what have you, I want to encourage you in that moment praying in the spirit, and actually cranking up the worship. In that moment where you feel like, oh man, another car situation, oh my goodness, or another issue in a relationship, or I don't know what's going on with my job. In that moment, pause and begin to pray in the spirit and begin to worship. Jude one twenty says this, build yourselves up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. So pray in the Spirit. And then it also goes on to say in the Bible in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 22... It says, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemies. If you go back and read that story, you'll read about the fact that they were under duress, man. The people of God were being attacked from every side. They didn't know what to do. They declared a fast. They were praying. They were waiting. And then God gave them the battle plan, the strategy. He said, here's how you're going to defeat your enemies. You're going to take all the choir boys and put them in the front of the army. And the worship leaders are going to lead the way. And they're like, what? what? But they obeyed. Even when it didn't make sense, they obeyed. There's a lesson there. Even when it didn't make sense, they obeyed. And so they began to worship. And it says that when they began to sing, when they began to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against their enemies. When you find yourself going through a difficult time, rather than voicing frustration, I want to encourage you, man, lift up worship. I don't know what's going on, God, but I declare you are good. That that song we were singing this morning, you are good. You are good. God, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to declare that you are good. I don't understand, but you are good. This feels like I've been wronged and ridiculed, God, and and there's an injustice here. But God, I declare that you are good. When you begin to praise him, when you begin to worship him, when you pray in the spirit, you shift your focus. You get a, a perspective shift. And suddenly you don't see your problems from this perspective down here on planet Earth. You see your situation from a 30,000 foot view where you're looking down, you're literally, the Bible talks about it, you're seated in heavenly places with Christ. When you're seated in heavenly places with Christ, you see things different. When I'm flying in a plane, I remember flying into... Orange County, uh, a month or so ago, we were coming back from a trip, and as we were coming in, like, you fly over Palm Springs, and you kind of follow the the valley, and then you end up in Orange County, right? And as we're flying in, it's amazing how it looks like there's no traffic, But when you get here and you get on I five or the fifty five or whatever, man, there's a lot of traffic. I mean, for those of you that live in Huntington Beach, it could take you thirty minutes just to get to the freeway. You know, like there's a lot of. But when you're flying at thirty thousand feet, it doesn't look like there's any traffic at all. I think sometimes too often in life we're in traffic mentally, and God wants to take us above that, have a thirty thousand foot view, calm that situation, calm your hearts. You can't do anything about it to change it anyway. Why don't you just trust Him? Stop trying to figure it out. Stop leaning on your own understanding, right? Begin to acknowledge Him. Begin to worship Him. So, number one, pray in the spirit worship. Number two, write a thankful list. Like, we know this. This isn't mind-blowing probably for a lot of you in this room. Like, we know this. But you might need to be reminded of this. So you know this. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it, right? I find a lot of times my, uh, my understanding exceeds my obedience, right? Especially when I see red and blue lights flashing in my review mirror. It's like my understanding and knowledge, exceed, you know, it was exceeding my obedience, right? So make a thankfulness. list. When's the last time you just sat down and began to position your heart and begin to thank God for all these different blessings in your life. I had a buddy of mine challenge me in this on Thanksgiving. It was late in the day, and he said, hey, I made a list of 100 100 things and people that I'm grateful for, and you were in my top 10. And I said, oh, man. I was like so blessed by that. And then I was also convicted. Like, you made a list of 100 things? (laughs) But when you're going through a tough time, sometimes all you see is lack. Sometimes if you're dealing with car stuff, all you see is that car bill and that whatever that broke down or the AAA mechanic you had to call. Sometimes that's all you see and you don't see all the blessings in your life. And when you pray in the Spirit, when you worship, and when you take time just to write out a list of things and people that you're thankful for, your perspective shifts. And then suddenly, those problems that you have, they're still problems, they're still there, but your approach to the problem is different. Psalms 104 through five says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. 1 Thessalonians 5:16 says this, 16 through 18. There's three verses here. Says, pray, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Give thanks in all circumstances. Thankfulness should be a way of life for us, naturally flowing from our hearts and our mouths. Be joyful always. And you like Paul, how can you say be joyful always? Because he's lived it. It wasn't what he went through. It's the God he was serving, right? We talked about it last week. Sometimes the answer to your problem is not an answer and deliverance from your problem. It's perspective within the problem that you have something greater than the problem that you're facing that gives you strength to go, it's gonna be okay. Because I've made Christ, I've made God, I've made him the focus. I've made the kingdom of God the center of my life. So all this stuff that I might be dealing with it's this stuff's going to pass away but that's going to be eternal like it's going to be okay you have that perspective shift psalms 22 verse 3 god inhabits the praises of his people he doesn't inhabit complaints of his people. That's not what it says. He inhabits the praises of his pe- of his people. And too often, I don't know about you, but I've gone through a situation and I could become negative Nelly just like the best of them. I can I can start complaining about what I'm not seeing versus what I want to see. And then it's like at some point then my mouth, you know, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's like, "Would you please stop talking?" <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's, it's, it's natural. That's a, there's a natural gravitational pull to become a complainer and a whiner. You don't have to teach kids how to complain and whine. Somehow, I don't know, it's, it's the eighth wonder of the world. They learn to do that all on their own right? Don't be a complainer. God inhabits the praises, not the complaints of his people. You might be saying like, why is this taking so long? These bills are driving me nuts. Family is getting on my nerves. That doesn't get God's attention. But when he hears you talking about his greatness, when he hears you Praising when you could be complaining. Declaring his promises when you're up against giants. Thanking him that he's working when nothing seems to be changing. When you have that posture, when that's the confession of your mouth, that gets God's attention. That's when God says, let me step in. Let me take over. Let me help you. Let me, let me help you with not only the physical thing that you're going through, but the emotional strain that that's having on your life. Number three, the third thing that you do to see building a legacy of answered prayers is to, is to ask, ask God for help. Lay your need before the Lord. Ask him for his help. James 1, 5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I remember a buddy of mine and I, we were looking at launching a business together, and we were on this trip. and. And, uh, and, and we were meeting with this couple that had done some pretty incredible things. They're uh, multi, multi-millionaires, um, and they live very humbly. Uh, a lot of their grandchildren don't even realize how well-off grandma and grandpa are, but my buddy does, they're close friends. And so he says, hey, we need to have dinner with this family um, when we're in town. And so we're we're talking to them, and they had funded church plants all over the world. They had funded missionaries. They'd just done some amazing... Things like I mean huge for the kingdom. And but when you're sitting there talking with them and she's getting up and serving you, yeah, you you just there you you're just reminded of what it looks like when somebody can be incredibly blessed but be incredibly sweet and humble, and it that the riches didn't taint them. And as we were ending our time together, and we heard story after story and testimony, they're in their late seventies at this point, and uh, and so I just asked them. I just said, "Hey, would you would you pray over me and my family?" Like I just, lo- you guys, any any time I find somebody where it's like there's something in their life that sparks, and I say, "I want more of that." I'm, I'll just. Uh, I'll just ask them to pray for me. Like, I'll just say, would you pray that blessing over my life? Like I see something inside, there's something God has on your life. Could you pl- please lay your hands on me and pray that I would receive that? And I remember speaking with them and we had a wonderful afternoon together and, and she says, all right, I'll pray for you. Uh, what, what could I pray for? And she wants a direct. She's like, give me the directive, right? Not just the general prayer, and I said, honestly, I, I'm just so taken back by the wisdom you guys have. And she goes, James 1, 5. Like, like, off, off t- like, she, like she goes, James 1, 5. We're gonna pray for wisdom for you, son. You know? And so she just began to pray this and not just say it. It's one thing to quote the scriptures. It's another thing to pray the scriptures. And so she began to pray over me. She would pray, God, give Jeff wisdom. God, as he asks you, God, I thank you that you give to him liberally without reproach. And Lord, we ask right now and we know that it's gonna be given. Just that confidence, praying the scriptures. Psalms five, verse three. I love this out of the Passion Translation. At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and I wait for your fire to fall upon me my heart. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate prayer. I was talking with a family member about this a few weeks ago and and it's like they were hesitant to start praying because they're like, I don't know what to say. And, And if you just like pause, yes, God is great. He's awesome creator of the universe. He knows everything. Yes. But he's also a good father. He's better than any father, any human relationship you could ever have. He's greater than that. So if you just understand that he loves you as his son and as his daughter, and you can just come to him and say, hey, dad, I really need some help right now. I'm going through this in my marriage. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to communicate with her. She does. God, could you help me? Help us in our marriage. When you you don't have to be eloquent. You don't gotta pray it in New King James version of the Bible. You just are normal and just have a conversation. You know what? God loves that when you are just simply speaking to him. I talk to God all the time. I'll be driving down the road and I'm talking to him like he's in the passenger seat and he's just kicking back, no seatbelt on, you know, he's just sitting there. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'll just talk to Jesus like he's right there in the car, because he is. So I'll just talk to him and I'll, I'll just share my heart with him, share, my, share stuff I'm going on, ask him questions. What do you think about this person? And sometimes I'll ask him, God, would you just remind me what you think about me? Like, ever have a down day where you're just like, man, I don't know why. I, I, everything's great. I, I should be really grateful and thankful, but today I'm just kind of feeling cranky. Like, I'm just feeling like in a mood. I'm feeling ungrateful. I'm feeling frustrated. I don't want to be that way, but I'm kind of feeling that way. And, Lord, would you just come and, and get to the root of it in my heart? What is going on? With, you know? Would you just remind me of what you think about me? And then I'll listen and as he begins to share, sometimes, man, I'll be, I'll be crying as I'm driving down the road, just overwhelmed with the words from my father in heaven who just reminds me, I love you, and I got a plan for your life, and son, I'm, I'm proud of you, and, and I see this in your life. Like Sometimes you just need to re- be reminded of that from your heavenly father. And it's not from a place like, I don't think I have a real relationship with you. No, 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 I know I have a real, it's, it's not insecurity. It is just saying, hey, dad, Can we just talk? Can you just remind me what you think about me? Oh, son, I love that. And he just begins to tell you that. Oh, my daughter, I love that. I see you. Like he he wants to speak that to you. So just be honest with him. Lay, Lay out your requests before the Lord. And then the fourth area is you need to declare the word of God. If you're going through a situation and you're like believing for breakthrough, you're be- like, I'm, I'm talking about like, you're believing for that cancer to be healed. You're believing for that lost child to come to know Christ. You're believing for that situation where you're feeling like I'm on the threshold of financial ruin and I need to see a miracle right now. Like when you're at that, like you need to declare the word of God over that situation. So you, you express the needs right? Ask for help. And then what you do is you go and you do a word search and you find all the scriptures attached to promises related to the situation you're going through. So you just begin to pause and you go back to the scriptures and then you write them down. Those become declarations. And I'm big on declarations, and man, I've seen God show up and show off. My whole family, like I was raised Catholic. My uncle was a priest. I was an altar boy. Like, I mean, like Irish Catholic family. And the challenge was, there's some great Catholics that are out there, but, the, but in my family, we didn't really realize that salvation was through Jesus. Like, we knew it up here, but we did not have a relationship with Christ. And there were, we thought it was more works-based than grace-based than And God had to work on our hearts for that. So when I got saved and had an encounter with God, like I met Jesus, I had a powerful encounter with God, I wanted that for everybody in my family. And of course, when I talked about that, they thought I was absolutely nuts except my uncle, who is the priest, he thought it was so cool, which is funny that my family was freaking out about it. Like Jeff's gone, Jeff's in the nut house. He's really excited. He's too excited about God, right? As if that could, should be a thing, right? And so, so I I get saved. Well, I began to pray for my family to know Christ. And literally, um, I would picture them. uh, I I started singing in the church. They had a church choir. This is back in the day, right? We wore suits to church every Sunday. And so we did not look like this every Sunday. And uh, so I was singing in, in the choir at At our church, and I would stand up there, and I remember I would picture my family about two rows back on this side of the church. I don't know why. When I prayed for them, that's just where I visualized them. And I would pray for them, and then I would come close to them, and just in my mind, okay? In my mind, I would come close to them, and I'd go from my dad to my mom to my brother. So I'd start with my dad, and I would pray, and I would say, Dad, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I would see in my mind, my dad say, yes, with a big smile on his face. My my dad's got the greatest smile, rosy cheeks. And so he he would say, yes, son, I've received Jesus. I'd say, dad, are you baptized with the Holy Spirit? Yes, I am. Dad, are you going to live for Christ all the days of your life and dwell in his house forever? And my dad would say, yes, I am. And then I'd go to my mom, and I'd do the same thing. And I'd go to my brothers, and they'd all do the same thing. And every Sunday, I would invite them to church. And every Sunday, they'd say, no, we're not going to church. Stop asking us. No problem. Next Sunday. Hey, do you guys want to go to church with me? <laughs> so I was kind of that, that, that annoying person. But everybody, we, everybody, they need an annoying person in their life that's constantly asking them to come to church, right? Michael needed a family that was constantly asking him to come to church with them. They need you more than you think they need you. They need you. Even if they're telling you no, inside there's something that's saying yes It's just not yet, and they're gonna come. And so I would do that, and then one Sunday, I kid you not, I'm up in front, and I'm helping to lead worship in the choir, and I look out, and I open my eyes, and I see my family in the row, and there they are in the order, dad, mom and my brothers. And they're all there. All of them have gotten saved. I baptized my parents in a river. I baptized my brother in a lake. And then my other brother somebody else baptized. But now they're all living for Christ. I'm telling you there is power in declaring the word of God over their lives. And so I would find scriptures and I would attach scriptures to their salvation. The scripture is like the Lord desires that none should perish but that every person come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And and I, I would begin to declare that. If this is, that God, this is your will for their life. So I'm, I'm partnering with you and I'm partnering with your, presence, your spirit right now. And I declare the word of God over their lives. And then you begin to see change. And I've seen that with salvations. I've seen that with healings. I remember there was, a, there was this kid that was in the youth group and, and uh, I was the, the, the new youth pastor. They were raising up there at the church after I got saved. And there was a young man in the church and he was battling leukemia. Okay, so it's not like he had a cold. He was in the hospital for months at a time. His name was Patrick Menefee. And so uh, he was at, he was at the, the hospital and he was going through treatments. And so every Sunday the church would pray for him. And then I would load up a couple kids in the youth group and we would drive down and we would go visit Patrick from two to 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. That was their visiting hours in that wing. And so we would go and we'd spend time hanging out with them. I'd say, Patrick, before we go, we wanna anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith and see, see you get healed. And he'd say, yeah, bring it pray for me. And so we begin to pray for Patrick. And weeks would go by. Months would go by. Still, we saw no healing. But then a few months later, we get a call. Patrick walked out of the wing, totally cancer free and his desire was to become a pastor one day and his family ended up moving to Houston, Texas. Like God is a healing God. He moves. We just simply pray and we obey, right? And you declare the word. So we declared the word of healing in faith over his life. So declare the word of God in, over those lives that are close to you. And there's a danger that sometimes we can think that if we read the Bible, we've done God's will. I've done my Bible reading for the day. I'm doing God's will. You know, we read the Bible in order to know God's will, but then we actually go out, partner with God's will, and pray and declare the word of God. And here's a quote for you. Powerful living is produced by powerful obeying. You want to see answers to your prayers? Start living in obedience to God's word and whatever he tells you to do. When you are when you are just going after the things of God, when you are consumed with his kingdom, when you are consumed with hearing his voice and doing what he's asking you to do, I'm telling you your prayers line up with his heart. Because you stop praying all these prayers about blessing your life but seeing his kingdom expand. And yes, God wants to bless you. Yes, God wants to help you buy that first house. Yes, he wants you to help you with that situation with your car or help you with your tuition for school. Et yes, God cares about every need that you have. If it matters to you, it matters to God. But the root of it is he wants to help you get his heart. If you can get his heart, and then you can be his hands and feet on the earth, because he's entrusted it into your care, and into my care. And there's people in your life, there's people in my life that God has brought there, and he's like, okay, I set that person up to sit next to you in the Starbucks you you think you just chose that chair, but actually I already picked the chair for that guy to sit next to you. You think you chose that chair where you're going to be sitting in 17B on that flight, but actually there's a divine appointment for the person that's sitting next to you. If you would just listen for my spirit, I'll give you an inroads into that conversation. And your heart begins to burn for the things of God. Like, you ever you ever feel that way where you're just like, man, I can't wait. I feel like the word of God is like a fire shot up in my bones. I, I, I want to share it with somebody. And when you pray and you you get the revelation from God, you get the instruction from God, man, then your day is on fire. That's what Jesus would do. Jesus would spend time as his custom every morning. He would get up and he'd go away and pray, and then he'd come back with the marching orders of the day. And so when he teaches his disciples to pray, he teaches them give thanks this day for the daily bread. Jesus is the daily bread. He wants to give you that bread for today. There's a mission for today. That bread's not just for you. It's through you to somebody else as well. Declare the word of God over areas of your life. Ephesians 6:17 says, "Take take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God." So Jesus wields the sword of the spirit by speaking, declaring the word of God. Jeremiah 23:29 says, "Does not my word burn like fire," says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock into pieces? Like the word of God is powerful. So when you're praying and declaring the word of God, that's not your words, that's his. That's his word. His word's not gonna return void. So when you pray for that lost loved one that needs to know Jesus, when you pray for that person that's going through cancer treatment, you're declaring the word of God. That word of God carries power. Luke 8.11, Jesus is sharing, he shares this, the parable, some call it the parable of the seed, I call it the parable of the, the soil, and he shares all of this, and he, and he says in 8.11, he says, the word of God is the seed. Like, if you want to plant something, plant the seed, plant the word of God into their lives. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful, Pause. Just think about that. The word of God is not some dormant word. When you declare the word of God, it's alive. It's like when you take that probiotic drink, right, that's got some cultures and whatever that's supposed to keep you healthy or whatever, like it's going inside of you. When you declare the word of God over that person's life, it's living, it's not just in your hands. Now you've sent that out to accomplish the will for which it's been said. For the word of God is living and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow. And it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord said to Jeremiah, you have seen correctly. For I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. You know, God is watching to see his word fulfilled in your life. He's watching to see that word that you pray, that word that you declare over your children's life. He's watching to see that word fulfilled. Speak the word, declare the word. Stop complaining, stop praying, start praying and start declaring the word of God over that situation. And the fifth thing we do is to sow seed where you want to see a harvest. Sow seed where you want to see a harvest. Let me just break it down. Like I shared earlier, when I ask for prayer, when I see something that somebody has that I don't have in my life, I'll pray. will you pray for me? Will you lay hands on me? Will you pray for me? I remember Fawn and I wanted to get pregnant, and we're three years into our marriage, and so we went to friends of ours, and we're like, hey, will you pray for us to conceive a child, friends that had babies? And so they prayed for us to conceive a child. Uh, when, when, when we were buying a house, we asked somebody that seemed to have a blessing of, of walking through and having multiple real estate investment properties and such, hey, will you pray with us for our house? When, when we wanted to see a, a, a blessed marriage, we went to friends of ours that had been married for a long time. And we asked them, would you pray a blessing over our communication in our marriage? And when they pray, praying the word of God over us and over that situation. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Like when you, when you pray and declare the word of God, I want to encourage you, church, look for the harvest. Be expectant of a harvest Jesus talked about the farmer that goes out and plants. It's like, not like he's gonna go and plant a certain tree and be surprised if another one comes up. No, I planted that seed. Like, like I remember we wanted to see some financial breakthrough in our lives and, and I felt like God was leading us to go and sow money financially just sow a blessing into different people in our life that were wealthy. I said, Lord, I admire their life. I admire how they handle money. I admire how they're how they how they're incredible stewards and they're big givers and how they've been blessed in business. And I just want to sow a seed. So we would sow seeds into their lives and into other people's lives as well. But we intentionally sowed a seed into their lives. I remember when we wanted, when we needed to conceive, like we asked for people to pray for us. And I can't tell you how many times we've prayed for other people. And some of you are recipients of this, prayer you have come and say will you pray for us to conceive and we've prayed for you and we've watched that multiply in your life like there's this cycle of living the life God has a blessing and anointing on you in a certain area and that breakthrough in your life isn't just for you it's for the rest of us as well so seed Habakkuk 2 2 says this the Lord answered me and said write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it you know, when, when you're sowing seed with the word of God, write it down. Write down what you're praying and believing for. If you're praying and believing through for breakthrough relationally, begin to thank God for breakthrough in that relationship. Begin to speak and declare the word of God over your marriage. My marriage is blessed. What God has joined together, nothing's gonna separate. Our communication is great. We are, we are humble. We serve each other. We're full of grace. We're slow to get angry. Uh, you know. Begin to declare the word of God in different areas of your life, with your lost family members, with your children, on your job, for your spouse, for your future spouse, for some of you that are believing for that. Begin to attach and declare the word of God. So we hear and obey, we sow and pray, we reap and rest. And I, I want to share with you a really amazing testimony that just happened. On Thursday, we are celebrating Thanksgiving and uh, we do our annual Turkey Bowl uh, where we kind of rally whoever wants to come out and play football and we go to a park and we're playing football and having a great time and, and uh, the kids had a blast, the adults had a blast and we play two-hand touch so that we can still enjoy Thanksgiving meal and not be too sore. So we're having a good time. We come off the field and we hear this testimony of this gentleman named Mr. Park, uh, who is a teacher at our kids' school. A few weeks ago, uh, there was parents uh, that were praying together and every single month at the school, the parents of the students get together, it's parent-led, and they pray and on this particular uh, morning, we were praying for different needs with the teachers. And there was uh, one person that was a security guard that was going through um, an uh, a, a issue with her brain, and she was going to have surgery. So she wanted prayer. Uh, and then there was this gentleman who was battling what they believed to be bone cancer. And so he wanted prayer. And so they came, and the parents are there. And, and you have parents from different faith backgrounds. You have some that are more from a liturgical or maybe a quiet, maybe Lutheran, Presbyterian. You have some of the charismatics that were there, et cetera. But, but everybody was gathered together in unity to pray for this guy, Mr. Park, that he would be healed. And so uh, as we're praying, um, one of our own uh, here at Authentic Church, Annie Dalby, begins to pray just with the authority of God. Like, she began to pray, and I'm like, amen. Like, she lit it up. Like, she was praying for him like, like he was her dad. You know, like that fervency, that type of fight. And she began to pray and declare the word of God. And and as we are getting ready to pray for Mr. Park, my, my wife says, does anybody have oil? <laughs> and you should have seen the looks on some people's faces. Like, they're like, oil for what? Like, is your car needing oil? Like, what's... And so it like essential oils, any oil, just some sort of oil. And so, and, and then I shared with them uh, this scripture out of James chapter 5. It says, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them, let him pray a prayer over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So I quoted that scripture, and he's praying like crazy for this man, and she just is praying just that he would be healed, his bones would be healed, there would be healing that would flow. And we declared this over this guy's life. We just took a little dab of oil from this woman that had essential oils in her purse. And so we just dabbed it and we just, you know, anointed him with oil on his forehead, and we prayed a prayer of faith in Jesus' name. Be healed. As we're coming off the field from playing turkey bowl. We get a notification, and he was on the phone with him. Apparently, he had just gone to the doctors, and he got word on Thanksgiving that he is completely cancer-free. Oh, God. God wants to build a legacy in your life and in my life of answered prayers, of answered prayers. 2 Kings 20, verse 5, and this is a scripture that I have for Mr. Park especially I have heard your prayer and seen your tears and I will heal you. Some of you in this room, God wants you to be reminded this morning, He he's heard your prayers and he's seen your tears and he wants to heal you. One translation says revive, that he would revive things inside of you. It, maybe there's areas of your life or your faith that's been dormant. Maybe You've wanted to believe, but you've been let down so many times that you've stopped praying. And this morning, God's just wanting to tell you, I want to stir that back up again. I want to ignite that fire. I, I, I want you to meet with me. I want there to be a legacy of prayer and not just prayer where you're going and doing it dutifully, like checking it off the list, but that you're actually Seeing an encounter with him, where he would come into that situation and that he would answer that prayer. So this morning as we end, um, I have just a question two questions for us as we close out today. What is who is one person that you are believing God for in this season? And what's one situation you're believing God to turn around? We're just going to have a time of worship, but I really want us to kind of have a, a moment where we just contemplate those questions and apply them in our lives. And maybe you're like, man, I don't have anybody that I've been praying for. Well, in this moment, ask the Holy Spirit, who's somebody in my life, Lord, that you, you want me to lean into that is ripe and prime that I need to be praying for to know you. And so we're just gonna have just kind of a quiet time a moment of worship for a few minutes and contemplate that. Who's that person? Who's that person in your life? For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at authenticoc.com.